0: Welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. This podcast is presented to you by Dr. David Midoff, expert physical therapist and owner of El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. It is our goal and intentions to provide you with valuable tips and insights from experts in the El Paso area, so you too can stay healthy fit, and energized. Now, here's your host, Dr. David.
1: Hey, El Paso. Welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast. My name is Dr. David Midoff, physical therapist, and I'm the owner of El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. We're talking today about upper back pain. And just to be specific about where the upper back is, because it can be confusing for some people, um, I'm going to include the mid back and upper back as one because a lot of these problems are in the thoracic spine is, is what we call in the medical field basically the parts of your spine where ribs are. So um, that's what I'm going to consider as upper back problem. But this goes all the way up to the base of the neck, so it you know it's it's it includes the back side of the shoulders as well. Now some of the common diagnoses we're going to go into that and then we'll talk about the treatment options. And I'm just going to give you the little disclaimer right now. Um, a lot of these problems that I'm going to go over that affect the upper back aren't always similar. they they're in other words, they're they're very different body parts that are affected. So the treatments are very different. So I won't be able to go into too many details on the treatments, um, just because there's there's a big giant variety. It would take a whole episode for each one probably. Um, but I just want to give you an overview of the different types of common causes of back pain, upper back pain, and the treatments that are that are out there for that. So let's get into it. By far, one of the most common problems in the upper back is rib problems. Now, about the ribs, you, you have 12 pairs of ribs, and the first pair at the way top is actually above your collarbones. Um, Now, if you, I'll show you exactly where it's at, I'll tell you. If you take your right hand, um, if you can't use your right, use your left, and put it on your neck, on the side of your neck, like right under your ear, put your palm on there, and slide it down to where your neck moves into your shoulder. Right above, right right there under your, above your collarbone, but where your neck ends and your shoulder kind of starts, That's about the location of the first rib. A lot of people don't realize that they're that high. And then they go all the way down to just right above your lower back. So you got tons of ribs. you got 24 ribs, if you think about it. Ribs have the ability to shift. So they can shift up or down or forward or back. And when they shift, they tend to get stuck. There's muscles that attach to ribs. And there's, of course, joints where they meet the spine on the back. And then they wrap around to the front and meet the front part of your your sternum. They attach through some a bunch of cartilage, and uh, and not all the ribs attach to the front. the the, the last two pairs, the the eleventh and twelfth pairs, don't actually attach. Those are are floating ribs. Um, well, if you've got upper back pain, and typically it's off to the side, it's off to one side, either the right or the left, and many times it'll radiate. It'll it'll shoot from the back, off into the side of your body, kind of under your arm, uh, might even be in the armpit area. Um, And sometimes it'll create some tenderness in the chest. That, more often than not, is a rib problem. And depending on how it's shifted, you got to get the right kind of help to make sure that you shift in the right direction. And it's critical because, think about it, if your rib is shifted forward and somebody's trying to put pressure on your back, it's gonna further shift the rib forward because you're pushing it from back to front. It's already shifted from back to front. So you gotta know which direction to go and how it feels. And it, it takes a it's a it's a science definitely. It's its own specialty in figuring out the position that a rib is stuck. Now the most common way that ribs get stuck is backwards, where they where they kind of pop out backwards from the spine. And um, so pushing it in is definitely a, a common treatment. And um, I can tell you from experience, I've had it happen before. It's not a comfortable experience to have a rib shifted into position. It's one of the few things here in the office that I have to tell people the disclaimer ahead of time and say, Hey, um, this technique's gonna hurt, but you're gonna feel a ton better after it's done. And um, most techniques don't don't hurt to, to get them done on people. Um, so one of those the most common problem that you can have in your upper back is a rib problem a rib that's shifted or stuck. Now you can have cracked ribs, you can have uh, broken ribs and that's related to an accident usually like if you were in a car accident or uh, some severe fall, those are not that common here in our office. They can happen obviously out in the uh, you know in, in normal life. but if you've had a history of a cracked or broken rib, more often than not after the ribs healed, you might have a shifted rib and that could be causing some back pain um, if, you've, if you've got that, that history of that happening in the in the past. So um, if you're all the way healed, then you're going to be ready to do some sort of treatment that shoves the rib back into place. But if you've, if you've got an actively broken rib or it's cracked, you do not want somebody pushing on it right now because you can make it worse. Okay, the next most common thing that happens in upper back pain is shoulder blade problems. Now cool things about the shoulder blades, um, they are kind of floating bones. They float in a bunch of muscles on your rib cage. And of course on the outside corner of your shoulder blade is the socket for the ball and socket joint of your shoulder joint. So these bones are really cool. There's over 20 muscles that attach and control the shoulder blade. And um, because there's so many muscles, it's quite easy to develop a muscle imbalance that makes the shoulder blades not operate normally. And if that's there for a long time, it can tension certain muscles too much and create a back problem. Now, here in the clinic, we call that scapular dyskinesia. That just means bad movement of the shoulder blade. Um, There's a bunch of different ways that it presents. Um, Sometimes it's related to posture problems. Sometimes it's related to uh, strength. Sometimes it's related to the sleeping positions. Most of the time, it's a combination of all those things. Um, but shoulder blades can cause problems. And it's never the bone. It's always the muscles that attach to the bone. Um, you know, Unless you've had trauma, like I said, with ribs, because it is possible to have a cracked shoulder blade, a, a, fr- a fractured shoulder blade, um, which of course is going to change the way the muscles operate. So Take that into consideration if you've been in an accident, and you might have back problems, upper back problems related to a, a an old fracture in your shoulder blade. Um, but to fix that, there's tons of options. It just, it, it varies. There's usually some sort of exercise, some sort of hands-on work needs to happen to free up the joints of the shoulder blade. Um, it's got three main areas where there's, I guess you can call it four joints where the shoulder blade moves. Um, the it attaches to the collarbone and the collarbone itself will move. Um, the ball and socket joint on the outside, and then uh, there's what's called the scapulothoracic joint. It's not a real joint, but it, there's movement that occurs between the the scapula, the shoulder blade, and the rib cage. It slides on itself. Um, and then on the front side, there's a ligament that connects it to um, uh, the rib cage as well. So, the the shoulder blade can cause lots of problems now. The other less commonly found upper back problem that I find in people is nerve problems. Now, if you think about it, our body is covered in nerves. You just don't see it and it's not commonly talked about. Um, but for people that are dealing with uh, um, having to work at a desk job, having to be in the same position for a long period of time, having to be sedentary because they just that's what their life requires them to do at this time... Um, their nerves can get very aggravated. And in the back, the way this typically presents is a burning sensation that runs up and down the upper back, um, an achiness as well. It may get worse if you go pick up something heavy because it tensions the nerves more. Um, if you look down, in fact, try this out. You can check yourself if you've got a, an upper back nerve problem. If you look down and bring your chin to your chest, like try to push your chin against your chest as much as possible. If that begins to set off that bad, achy feeling, that's likely a nerve problem. It could be muscles as well. There's different ways to, to differentiate it. Um, but that's that's a the beginning of a common test that we do here in the office to start to figure out if you've got a nerve problem. There's more stuff that we have to do for you, but the, probably half the time there's a nerve problem. When you look all the way down and you feel pain going down your mid-back area, that is almost always a nerve problem. Um, there's muscle imbalances that are associated with that. We have to look at the neck. We have to look at the um, lower back as well, the shoulder blade positions. It's, there's lots involved in fixing nerve problems in the upper back. Um, and this pain that radiates down, this burning sensation, this discomfort, it can also uh, be present in the neck. Um, and so we have to look at the neck joints and muscle imbalances up there as well. Now, the next two problems that I'm going to cover that are commonly found in in the upper back area are less common, but they do happen. And um, and they're kind of related to each other. Um, I'm going to talk about thoracic disc problems. So in the medical field, they usually talk about cervical disc problems, which is neck problems. Uh, There's discs in your neck and you can herniate those. You can bulge those. You can, you can get degeneration in those. Um, and then in the lower back and the lumbar spine, there's, uh, lumbar discs as well that can get injured, but it's rarely ever discussed the, the discs that are in the thoracic spine in the, in the middle and upper back part. Um, but you can get problems in those discs as well. It's hard to, it's hard to detect them on an MRI or x-ray, um, it's more commonly found by hand by an expert like myself, like somebody who, who's pretty good with with hands on, uh, you know, feeling the body, feeling the joints, feeling the muscles around there. Um, and once it's found, it's really easy to clear up. Actually, we we've helped we've helped people with disc problems in the thoracic spine uh, for years now, and it's it's actually quite straightforward to clear up. It almost always clears up. I've never seen somebody that you know where it was debilitating. Um, and it, it didn't get better. Um, but it, it can feel the, the common, the common words that people use is it feels like somebody's putting an ice pick right into the middle of my mid back, right in the center. And I have to ask, is it off to the right a little bit or off to the left a little bit? And they always say, nope, it's right in the middle. And then once I do my testing and for the discs in the middle back, I'll find the spot and I'll, I'll kind of poke a little bit and they'll say, yup, you found it, that's it. That's the, the spot that hurts. And um, I can tell that it's a disc problem based on, on how stable that section is because whenever there's a disc injury, uh, the vertebrae, the bones in that area aren't moving as good and they, they get loose. And so that's how I can feel all those little changes in the spine. Now associated with this with these disc injuries, is something called T4 syndrome. You can Google this. It's a thing. T4 syndrome is a a loosening of a disc. They think it's at T4, T5. But in my experience, I think it can be anywhere in the thoracic spine, anywhere in the upper back, anywhere in the mid back. And because there's certain nerves that control a certain part of your nervous system, um, specifically the, the sympathetic nervous system, This is higher level stuff. You don't have to go look this up if it's confusing for you. Um, The sympathetic nervous system controls the fight or flight parts of the nervous system, so um, it can regulate pain. There's all these details that we look at. But what you need to take away is that about T4, T5, that part of the sympathetic nervous system affects the arms. And in people that have this T4 syndrome, they can sometimes get pain, numbness, tingling into their arm. And if it happens to be on the left side and they've also got a neck problem, a lot of times they think that they're having a heart attack. Pain in the arm, pain in the neck, on the left, especially a female, because females tend to not live through heart attacks more so than men, Um, it can freak them out. And uh, we've had patients come in and, and say, I went to the hospital, I got my heart checked, I had all these checkups with a cardiologist, and they say, I'm fine, there's nothing wrong with my heart, thank God, but my arm still hurts and I can't sleep at night and my back's killing me and my neck's killing me. Um, and so when, when we check them out, you know, thankfully they've already cleared out all their, their heart stuff so we don't have to send them to the doctor to do that. Uh, but then we find that loose disc in their spine and we diagnose them with, with a T4 syndrome. Um, and the good news, like with other thoracic disc problems, is that it heals just fine as long as you put it in the right environment. Now it is a disc, so it can take up to a year to, to fully scar down and, and not cause problems confidently. Um, but within the first few months, you can see a dramatic reduction in pain and, and be able to sleep comfortably, sit comfortably, um, move your arms and exercise as well. Some people have trouble exercising because of this for most people though it, it, they when they've been sitting for a while is when they feel it the most they, they get that sensation that it's like an ice pick going into their back now this part of the back um just talking about treatment um, cuz oftentimes people go to a chiropractor and get their back popped or they they get their relatives to back, pop their back you know the the old um they'll, they'll just do a come up from behind and kind of give them a bear hug and pop their back um, and that can be quite relieving for people that have stuck joints in their back, and and uh, you know it'll move some of the ribs that are stuck as well. Um, but in people that have a thoracic disc problem, you got to be very careful about doing any sort of those techniques. I wouldn't, um, you know, have your buddy do it or your relative do it. Um, you got to make sure that it's done by a professional. And um, I've I've had a few conversations with chiropractors here and there, and I've never heard them know much about T4 syndrome whenever I bring it up. So, you know, I, 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 can't say that I have a good, a good, um, sample of chiropractors that I've asked about it. Um, but the ones that I have just haven't talked much about it. So I don't think that they're aware of, of thoracic disc problems. And I have had the experience where clients come in and say, well, I thought I needed to pop my back cause I had that ice pick sensation where it felt like stabbing. I went to the chiropractor and they couldn't pop it. They did their thing and it popped a little, or didn't even pop at all, but actually left me feeling worse. And um, I think that that happens because they're overstretching an already loose thoracic disc, and uh, unknowingly they they may not know how to check for it and and um, how to handle that kind of situation. They go through their techniques and and might injure it. So. If you think that you have a thoracic disc problem, if if you think that you might have T4 syndrome, I just want to let you know to to exercise caution um, with, uh, you know, letting anybody pop your back. Now, we do those kinds of techniques here in the office. Uh, We we do thoracic manipulations. um, So that's where we can create some pops in the back joints if needed. And we do it very judiciously, very carefully. And not everybody gets it. It depends on if you need it or not and if you're comfortable with it. Um, but for a T4 syndrome or thoracic disc syndrome, we are definitely staying away from those areas that are affected uh, because we do not want to contribute to making that worse. We want to make it better, um, but in order to make it better, we might need to work on some other spots nearby to make sure that that T4 area or, or, or any of the areas that are affected are safe and getting better. Now, let's talk about some other treatment options. We already went over um, thoracic manipulations and adjustments a bit, but let's discuss uh, braces. Now, I've seen some people get really, really into fixing their posture, and I think that's great. You should have improved posture. And some people go so far as to wear braces that hold their shoulders back and, and make them sit up a little bit. There's braces that you can find out there that are, that are special for posture. I've even seen uh, some clients that have a, a device that they can attach to themselves under their clothes and it buzzes them a little bit. It, it, it vibrates. Uh, I, I haven't seen anybody have the one that shocks you, but there's one out there that actually can shock you a little bit. <laughs> so if you lean too far forward and you start slouching, um, these devices let you know to sit back up and straighten up your posture. Um, so that's definitely something that can help you out. Um, posture isn't always the solution though. And some people overdo it with posture. There's actually cases where I have to tell people you're sitting up too much, you're, you're overdoing your posture, and you actually need to slouch a bit because you're going to hurt your back, and that might be contributing to your upper back problem. Um, now, uh, people will also go do certain exercises and stretches, and um, there's so many muscles in the upper back and in the shoulders and neck that it's it's hard to tell you exactly what exercises are best for you. Um, so that the best advice I can give you is that if you're out there doing exercises for your upper back, And they're helping you. Great. Awesome. Sounds like it's probably going to be a good thing for you to keep going with that. But if you're doing exercises out there and it's making no difference or it's making you worse, you definitely want to back off from those exercises so that you're not uh, creating a bigger problem for yourself. that's going to take more time and effort and money to fix down the road. Pain medications are often used. We, I often hear people with upper back problems um, like take over-the-counter pain medications, stuff like ibuprofen, um, naproxen, Tylenol, those types of, of over-the-counter medications. Um, and uh, some people will go to the doctor and get prescription strength medications. They'll get steroid-type medications that are um, anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving, um, and they'll get some muscle relaxers as well. Um, I have seen some people get injections into their spine for upper back problems and lower neck problems, and um, those tend to be pretty effective, but they just have short-term benefits. It, It is still pain medication, but it's just injected into the painful area. It's not creating more joint motion or strengthening the muscles. It's not fixing your posture. There's other factors that need to be considered to make sure that this problem gets better for the long term. Now, surgery is rarely done. I haven't really seen anybody get an upper back surgery. Um, I can tell you I've never seen anybody get an upper back surgery. What I tend to see is people getting shoulder surgeries because they start to have shoulder problems if an upper back problem has been there long enough. Um, I've seen people getting neck surgeries for sure. They do neck fusions and discectomies and, and other things in the neck. Um, and that could be contributing from the neck problem as well. Now, something that I haven't mentioned yet that's important, I think, is um, something called a dowager's hump. So a dowager's hump is the bump that people get on their upper back at the base of their neck. That bump is where the spine is bending forward forward and it's stuck there. It might be stuck because the joints are stuck or it might be stuck because the person isn't strong enough to straighten up. Um, But we often see that as a telltale sign that there's going to be some neck problems. There's going to be some upper back problems and there's likely going to be some nerve and shoulder problems as well. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking, I might have some of these problems that he's talking about, and I just put my hand on my neck, on my my lower neck, upper back, and I feel that I've got a little bit of a bump going, plus my parents had that bump, or one of my parents had that bump, I might be genetically predisposed. Um, I would urge you to work on fixing that bump as best as you can. Whether it takes some professional help, um, like you hire somebody like us that'll pass manual physical therapy, or you go and do some stuff on your own, Any way you slice it, having that bump is not a good thing. It's going to set you up for all these problems that I talked about. Shoulder blade problems, nerve problems, rib problems. The first and second rib are frequently affected with that bump. Um, The discs above and below that bump can often get affected as well. And even though the bump might not be painful, most of the time it is. It's very tender and painful. Plus it's unsightly. Um, I often see women that have it, they, they don't like to wear their hair up because the bump's exposed. They wear their hair down to hide it. And um, and they try to work on their posture, but just can't quite seem to get it. Um, there's many different reasons why the bump's there. And there's many different ways to fix it. You've got to find the best way to fix it. But I would make it a pursuit to make that bump go away for your health. I'm sure you'll love the aesthetics benefit of it anyway. If You know, the bump's no longer there. But you've got to fix it for your health. Now, if that bump's there long enough, if you're older and you've had it for decades, what can happen is the the joints in that area can become really stuck. We call it arthrosed or fused, and it won't get better. It won't really straighten out. Um, and You see some people that, that are stuck in that position. They need a lot of pillows to get comfortable and lie on their back. Um, they have to they, they hunch over and they have to look up at you and you know it's, it, they get shorter. There's, there's all kinds of side effects to that. So you don't wanna live with that. You wanna make sure you take care of it while you're younger. Here in the clinic, we check if there's any potential for the mobility to improve in those joints. We check the muscles that support the, the spine in that area. Um, we look at the, the bones above and below there to see if they're affected in any way. The muscles that, that run down from the back into the shoulders Um, and if we find that bump in somebody who's got a shoulder problem or up another upper back problem, you bet we make a big deal out of it because they need to fix it. So, um, that bump, I've never seen a surgery for it. I've seen people get it injected. I've seen people taking pain medications for it and people trying to work on their posture to get it better. Um, but sometimes there's specific treatments that need to happen now, Oftentimes, here in the clinic, we, we help people fix problems like these upper back problems, the, the bump, the T4 syndrome, thoracic disc problems, nerve issues, um, problems with their shoulder blades, and the rib issues. We help them address those problems without relying on pain medication, without relying on injections, and, and um, you know, surgery isn't usually an option for a lot of these things, so we help them uh, because there's no other option. And um, they tend to get better. All these issues improve tremendously. As long as they're not too far gone, uh, people can generally get better sleep at night, um, remove the unsightly bump, get rid of the achiness and burning that can run down their, their back. Um, that sharp, deep pain, that can come on with a disc issue or a shifted rib that just doesn't let you breathe right and the pain radiates from the, from the back to the front. Um, that is very correctable. I hope that this podcast was helpful in, in uh, increasing your knowledge in upper back problems. Um, it, I hope that it, you feel much better prepared in making a decision about how to treat your upper back problem, that you know where to go, what to do, how to approach it, how to think about it even, because uh, some people may, it may not be that bad. You may not need to do anything about it right now, um, but if it's been going on for a while, then you need to start thinking about how you're going to fix this for the long term. Um, If you are interested in hiring us to help you with this problem, it's really easy. The best place to start is calling us at 915-503-1314. And if you know of anybody else that probably needs to hear this podcast, please share it with them. Let them know the tips that we have in here and tell them to listen to it. Have the best day ever. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast brought to you by El Paso Manual Physical Therapy where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. If you'd like to learn more about what El Paso Manual Physical Therapy can do for you, call 915-503-1314, or visit our website at epmanualphysicaltherapy.com. Mention this podcast for a free discovery visit valued at $100. If you enjoyed what you've heard, Please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and follow the show on your favorite listening platform so you won't miss an upcoming episode. Tune in next time to get the best health tips from experts in the El Paso area.